Hello, and welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, music interviews for serious listeners. You may have heard of our curated music discovery app. The podcast lets us dig deeper and get to know the creators of that music, as well as others that will broaden your horizons. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. Jasmine Williams, a, a really amazing guitarist who uh, uh, Guitar World has included on their list of best acoustic guitarists in the world right now. Uh, the Washington Post called her in a concert review a new kind of guitar hero, and Rolling Stone included one of her songs in their list of songs you need to know. She was just at the Newport Folk Fest. Uh, she's everywhere this fall, and uh, it, it really seems like everything is happening for you. I, I appreciate your making a little time for us. Sure, no problem. Yeah. Thanks for the great intro. <laughs> yeah, it was easy. You know, I, you read a few things and there's more accolades than we can include here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's been pretty uh, kind. Of, it's been great, but it's also been kind of bizarre because I feel like because I rarely kind of know about these things until someone tells me. So I like someone's <laughs> always telling me like, oh, my God, you're in Guitar World. I was like, I am? For what? And then they sent me the article. I was like, what? <laughs> For what? I didn't, I didn't know they still did these lists. That's cool. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't think of a better list to be on if you're you. Right? Right. For real. Yeah. I was I was very happy with it, but I was also confused. Like, oh, how do I not know about any of this until some? Like, how do people tell me this all the time? I need to, like, yeah. Google myself, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. What what other lists am I on? And, uh, and are they all Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to go down that, that normal. <laughs> so... Well, I've, uh, I've uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to know... Uh, Getting to know your music uh, in uh, in audio format, but also uh, watching some of the uh, the videos of your playing, and I have to say, this is uh, some of the most unusual guitar playing that I've ever beheld in, uh, in my experience. And that is, I, I I hope you take that as a huge compliment to be that yeah, unusual. <laughs> uh, and the thing that that uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm caught wondering is, you know, in a the world we live in, where there's uh, we're saturated with you know, <clears throat> images of people doing things with guitars uh, historically yeah. and contemporary with gu the guitar and so much iconography around that instrument. 
how you carved out something that was so unique for yourself. And I, and forgive me for, this is a complete fantasy of mine that you grew up in some room with no TV, no internet. It was just a guitar <laughs> leaning against the wall. And you're like, Ooh, what's this? What, what do I do with this? And, and, and that's how this came about. That's, that's what I have in mind. That's like the, that's like the scene. in um, what's the movie August rush where he just finds a randomly perfectly tuned guitar. <laughs> he just strums it, <laughs> beats on it and makes it. And no, right. that was not, that's not how it was at all. <laughs> I how mean, did it, it actually go down? The, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool if that was actually how it went, but nah, I mean, I've always been around music. My family is very musical. We always listen to music, different types of music, like hip-hop and R&B and jazz, um, whatever else. So I've always been around it, but guitar specifically kind of came because my parents bought me a um, video game called Guitar Hero. And I also have Rock Band, too, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I played those, and I really liked them, especially the guitar, like playing guitar. Um, Guitar Hero 2 was probably my favorite one. But... Yeah, I beat those, and I got a real guitar after that. Did the game parents. send you a real guitar? It's like if you beat the game, they send you a I real I mean, guitar? no, my, my, that would be pretty cool, actually. Because, <laughs> well, they should have did that. That would have been great press, but no. <laughs> yeah. My parents got me a guitar because I started asking for one um, after playing the game and enjoying it so much. And you were like, how about... Go ahead. I read that story about Guitar Hero 2 and and was, you know, having heard your music and, um, you know, kind of been digesting it for a while. I I was surprised that that was the origin of it. I think that we, Aaron, you and I got an email from a professor of ethnomusicology at SUNY Oneonta in in upstate New York or something, turning Mm. us on to Yasmin's music. And um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He was like, you know, this would be a great fit for you guys. And, um, you know, so that's kind of, that was my entry point. And then, and it was just kind of funny and interesting to hear that your entry point to the guitar was Guitar Hero 2. <laughs> guitar Hero 2. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't expect it. But at that point, I was really kind of, that was my first introduction to rock music, really. Um, and like kind of hard rock or, you know, super fast guitar stuff. And I really enjoyed it because it was something different. And I just thought it was impressive as a kid. I mean, like most kids, most guitar kids are kids who play guitar think that you want to play fast you know yeah but um eventually like i just the transition from wanting to play like that to how i play now was very odd um because it wasn't really much of a transition i just eventually was like well i really prefer making my own songs i don't really like learning covers um i don't really care about learning nirvana anymore um, <laughs> i don't really want to play i love hendrix but I mean, it just, it wasn't my own voice, I guess. So, And so even at that young age, you had a specific desire or urge to, to do your own thing as opposed to just be like that guitar god that you were chasing? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I found an old iPod of mine from like when I was 11 and 12 when I first started playing. And I found these videos on there because it somehow still works. <laughs> I found <laughs> videos on there. And I was writing, like trying to write my own songs like two, three months into playing. Like I didn't even really know how to play, but I just wanted to, I don't know, just experiment. It was really fun. And were you doing conventional guitar things at that point? At that point, yeah. Like, you know, uh, standard tuning, power chords. um, Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. 
And at what point did a did a did a, a shift take place between like you know I'm going to be Buckethead or some other shredder uh, <laughs> to yeah. to, uh, to I think I I gotta I gotta do my own thing here. Um. Well, funnily enough, I didn't really think of acoustic guitar as much as, at first because. I just thought it was kind of a singer songwriter thing. Like you kind of just play chords and strum and that's about it. But Mm -hmm. I think it was um, one, it was a video I saw on YouTube. I really don't remember what it was exactly, but some like finger style thing I saw on YouTube and plus just kind of um, learning Blackbird by the Beatles, Mm -hmm. um, which also introduced me to finger style. And I just realized that I, one, I enjoy using my fingers a lot more than the pick. And two, I mean, with acoustic guitar, you can do a lot with it. It can be percussive, it can be melodic, it can be, you know, just basically anything you want it to be. So I started having a lot of fun with that. And once I discovered alternate tunings, it was kind of a wrap. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So one Um, of the things that that we talk about a lot um, is, you know, genre and cross-genre and... yeah. You know, the, the blurring of things and whether that exists and how people think of it. Was that something as a young person, you know, a, a lot of us at that age are trying to conform, they're trying to fit into, you mm-hmm. know, whatever the popular box is. And um, it sounds like you were a little bit headed the other direction. You were, did, did that weigh on you? Did you think about that? Did you think about that the direction you were headed was kind of away from the, the mainstream of what your friends were into? Not at all. Um, it didn't occur to me one bit. Um, <laughs> I would actually carry, so I went to a high school that had a performing arts program. Um, and I was in that, I was in the music tech program. I would just take my guitar to school for no reason and just play in the hallways and just do whatever. And I never really cared about what other people thought. Um, because I just wanted to, if I brought my guitar to school, I'd have more time to practice. That's how I thought of it. <laughs> it's like between well, classes or whatever. And what did they think? I mean, I think... A lot of times what we think they'll think is different than what they'll think anyway. They thought I was, they thought I was great. Yeah, right. Like I never, yeah, no one ever told me anything negative about it. Um, people were always interested in what I was doing. And yeah, I was in the talent show in high school and we'll just, I don't know. I was just kind of known as the musical, like yeah. guitar girl type thing. That's really interesting. You know. It was cool. I got a good response. <laughs> <laughs> and you still are. Yeah, <laughs> luckily. So the, uh, the the finger picking was was a shift. The switch to the acoustic instrument as a focus was a shift. Mm-hmm. The uh, some of these other, I mean, there's there's so many different techniques you incorporate with harmonics and percussive effects yeah. on the instrument, and um, you know the the two handed tapping techniques that are that are really that are you know advanced and 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 unusual to incorporate as a, you know as a as a combination on an instrument. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this, that stuff, like harmonics, or me being interested in using harmonics and percussive stuff and 
the two-handed tapping, lap tapping stuff. That kind of started in high school. Well, it did start in high school too. Um, I was basically, I started lap tapping and using the two-handed tapping techniques. Let me just jump in there. The two, I hadn't seen that term lap tapping until I was you know, prepping for this this week. Yeah, so lap tapping is basically, I just put the guitar in my lap and just use both of my hands to just tap on the strings and um, get whatever notes or harmonics that I want to get. And as an aside, was was that the technique you also used to win Guitar Hero? Uh, no. It was it kind of a return to your roots, having like the, the tapping <laughs> stuff? It, I mean, honestly, like to get past the expert songs you did have to do, all of them had some sort of tapping. So yeah, mm-hmm. I had to do that. But um, <laughs> And honestly, that did, like that tapping motion was ultimately what led me to become more comfortable playing in the lap tapping style than using a pick and playing how people typically play, Yeah, I think. But yeah, going back to high school, um, I was using a lot of those techniques then, but, and I kind of expanded on them in college. Like I added the kalimba and like the little tools that I tend to use. Um, I I added those later once I got better as a player. Um, Did going to New York um, inspire you to broaden further or were you kind of like, was all of this simmering and and that's where you went and went to music school at NYU and, and and, uh, you know, got to the next level? Or was being in New York, did that inform your music in other ways too? Um, both. So I, that's, yeah, both. They kind of are intertwined in a way. So I knew what I, I, I kind of knew that going to New York would help me broaden like my musical taste, which it did. And also give me more opportunities to just play, um, yeah. which it did. But yeah, my music tastes were already all over the place before college. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I was already into West African music and um, their classical music stuff over there and um, uh, Hindustani music and all that stuff. And college just kind of like, I had the chance to study it, which was really cool. Um, and just being in New York in music school, that's like the best city to be in music school. You can go to concerts for homework like it's, it's right. you don't go to three concerts a week like you're doing something wrong because everything's <laughs> free because you're a student right. like it was it was definitely uh great and uh i kind of performed a lot around campus and for school events and stuff so that helped just getting performance like chops under my belt and, yeah were you studying jazz guitar or classical guitar or something They did not have a guitar program, so I originally went there for music technology, since that's what I was doing in high school anyway, and I thought that was kind of like the only viable means of getting employment. Uh Um, Like, I wasn't really too convinced that I could become like a touring professional musician at that point. Oh, it's easy. Started college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't want to go the easy route. You figured you'd choose something more. More. I mean, my my parents were honestly like, you should just try, you know, I think we think you can do it. They were being super supportive. And I was just like, no, I don't really think I can do it. No, I'm going to try to get a job, you know. They were like, that's ridiculous. I need job security. That's a silly dad. Guys, do you really think that's that's practical, guys? Come on. Right. I'm like, y'all, my parents are supposed to be telling me I should be a nurse or something. Nah. (laughs) But (laughs) they were right. I mean, parents are right. But yeah, I I was a music tech, and then I switched to music theory and composition. Uh, my springs the spring semester of my sophomore year, just because music tech was too techy, I guess for me. And I figured out that I liked writing music and more than 
studying the physics of sound or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's an interesting theme that we've uh, run into speaking to uh, artists on uh, in craft beer music um, of uh, the the power of limitation uh, and really mm. constraining yourself to saying like I'm only going to use you know these ten fingers this this one guitar and get everything I can out of this and that's actually liberating in a creative way, uh, which seems to definitely be part of your your evolution as a guitar player to really uh, you know, uh, extract every last little bit of, of ambient sound you can get out of that instrument. Mm -hmm. But at some point you also have incorporated technology into your, your act with, um, you know, with microphone placement and with effects and with looping. And I'm, I'm wondering how, if that was a later evolution or if that was something that was always kind of part of the mix as well. So that was definitely a, like college is where that light bulb, um, came on. And I actually built, because um, I took electronics for like a year or two um, in college. And I built this um, MIDI glove thing that allowed me to, basically I could connect it to my computer. It was a glove. I could put it on and connect it to my computer and play drums through whatever uh, DAW I was using, like Logic or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I used that for a little bit like in my live shows. Which I should do that again, actually, because it was pretty cool. Wait, let's Sounds back cool. up. Let's back up. <laughs> so you're you're using it while you play guitar? Yeah. So I just built it. It's on my right hand since that's the hand that I typically use for like the uh, percussive stuff that I do. If I'm using my hands okay. for percussive stuff, are the fingers yeah. are the fingertips open on the glove? Yep, they are. Okay. Okay. So basically, I just built it so like there's a like control board on it. And then there's little piezo mics that I put on certain fingers to trigger the drum sounds. And then, yeah, I just hook it up to my computer and all of this was like coded and stuff. It, it wasn't just, I hook it up to my computer, but I mean, through the, <laughs> through the code, I can hook it up to my computer and um, uh, use drum samples and trigger those. This might be, this is our, our one year, anniversary by the way this episode and i think this oh, might wow. be the most Congrats. thank you this might be the most next level thing we've heard on the show is that right, <laughs> is that right Aaron? I, I i i agree i agree and and if there's any doubt uh in your mind about i think you should definitely bring this back i've the, been really lazy and just haven't felt like doing the hardware like it's not even that much involved i just have to solder some stuff but i've just been i'm, I'm gonna bring it back though because it, it was fun we're going to take a quick intermission for a word from our sponsor, the Craft Brood Music app, a curated music discovery app that streams music for serious listeners. Sometimes we hear that people want to hear more of the songs we play on the podcast. To hear more Craft Brood music, download the Craft Brood Music app from the App Store or Google Play and get a free two-week trial. We'll help you discover music off the beaten path so that you become the person your friends turn to for recommendations, and we split our income with the artists. Craft Brood Music, the music discovery app for serious listeners. To hear samples and find out more about us, visit craftbroodmusic.com.
your music sounds a certain way and on your recent album you know the album cover and the album title urban mm-hmm. driftwood and a lot of the song titles all kind of reference nature yeah um, and so tell us a little bit about kind of where where that comes from so with that um with that record we were all uh, well i recorded it in 2020 um like during almost during peak pandemic times <laughs> And we were all, I was kind of stuck in the house and like really the only time I really felt comfortable going outside was if I was like somewhere just walking a trail or something by myself. Yeah. Cause obviously I didn't want to be around people. Um, and yeah, I was just thinking a lot about nature and um, just what was going on socially, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of combined all of that to create, the album pretty much the album's about a lot of things but the main themes are just me reflecting on uh the social justice things that were going on at the time um like summer 2020 yeah and like nature since that's also very important to me and kind of is like my grounding space and just yeah it's an album of reflection for me personally and i also kind of wanted it to be that for anyone who listens to it yeah, absolutely. It was it was quite a year, uh, like you said, in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, there's a ton going on. <laughs> right. So, in addition to those uh, stimuli, I guess you'd say, um, was your writing process um, different in other ways? You know, there's all those things informing it, but but the fact that you were maybe home and off the road and and stuck, did it was it more deliberate, maybe, or you know, different than it might otherwise have been? Yeah, uh, it it was a lot faster. Uh, (laughs) I never thought I'd, I mean, I released my first album on Wind in 2018. I never imagined I'd release a second one that soon after I was expecting like at least six years. Like I'm usually very slow um, Hmm. at writing, but uh, lately I've been pretty quick, but yeah, it definitely made it faster. And it was also, I would say it was more deliberate since um, I had some features that I had to write their parts out and like the cello on the one song, um, Adrift. I wrote that part out. Which is and beautiful. I love beautiful, beautiful tune. You. I love Terrence playing and yeah, everything about that track. Oh, she'll be so happy you said I'll tell her. definitely felt more deliberate in terms of me having to sit down and think of like the the theme of it and the overall like narrative arc I wanted to you know make the album about and writing all the liner notes and yeah it was very 
kind of not a long process, but just very thoughtful. Um, it wasn't just like a hodgepodge of songs. <laughs> Did you write exclusively at the guitar, or do you uh, do you compose when you're out walking on a trail and uh, away from instruments as well? I started to do that more last year, so yeah, I did, but it's still mainly guitar. Mm -hmm. um, I love to take my guitar with me on a trail and just walk around and find a nice place to sit. Um, or sometimes I would just record like vocals of me just like singing a part or whatever or write it down, but yeah, it's still mainly just writing at the guitar. There's a, you mentioned Adrift, which, uh, which both Brian and I uh, enjoyed. Uh, there's another tune that's uh, uh, very lyrical as well called I Wonder, the song mm -hmm. from Michael. It mm -hmm. also sounded like it was – my, my, uh, my take was that, was that was conceived as a melody that the guitar was then built around. Is that true? So I wrote the melody on the guitar. Mm -hmm. Like, and honestly, I think with that song, it was very – it was kind of linear, which is also unusual for me. Like, I wrote mm – -hmm. The beginning first and and just kind of the song kind of just unfolded by itself um which rarely happens but it's really nice when it does The, the overall theme seems to be these extended meditations where these textures of harmonic pads seem to build over time and build this, uh, this kind of trance atmosphere um, where I feel like on the, the new album, there's, there's things that uh, are structured uh, as more traditional tunes, like, yeah, uh, sure. like a drift and, and I wonder, and I was wondering if the, the process was, was different as well in creating those. Um, I, not, it wasn't too, di well, a drift was different just because I had to think about another instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't play cello, so I, there was a lot of thought. <laughs> had to... You should make a cello glove. I should make a cello glove. <laughs> oh, God. I don't need any, anything else to take me on the road. <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, I would, but honestly... <laughs> I like working with other people now, so I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I it, it that song was uh, different just because it's I was thinking about someone else, another instrument, and what that instrument's capable of, and how that can sound good with guitar. Um, yeah. But for the other songs, it was pretty. I don't know. My process hasn't changed too much in terms of writing for the guitar from Unwind to Urban Driftwood or to now. I just mm -hmm. think I'm an overall better songwriter now. And I'm also maybe concerned more with form and 
uh, like song structure. Mm-hmm. Um, since I mean, I do like pop music. Um, I like structure now, <laughs> um, and I kind of like to put that in my uh, my own songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a reason those things evoke things for people. Like even though uh, you know there's there's a set structure. Yeah, uh, and you wanna you wanna do your own thing. So when when you when you hint at those things, people are like, "Oh yeah, exactly." It, it and makes, like you, you want to connection. make the song memorable, and you know, like guitar can be catchy. It doesn't have to always be like esoteric or or uh, sophisticated. I feel like a lot of guitarists nowadays kind of want their music to sound sophisticated or whatever. Like it can be catchy. It can be fun to listen to. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's well, good. that's probably been part of how it's been received. I mean, we all know people who make art that for whatever reason, whether, you know, mm-hmm. luck or qualitative or whatever, it doesn't resonate. How does it feel? I mean, it seems to me looking just kind of, you know, at the online reception of this thing that this is really, um, you know, resonated with people and is really being received. Yeah, well. is that sure. something that makes you excited? Or you kind of like, hey, I of do my course. thing in either way? Or I mean, I it makes me extremely excited to I wasn't expecting any of this when I released the album, I just wanted to release the album because I was proud of it. And I thought, you know, somebody would like it somewhere. (laughs) I liked it, (laughs) but I was not, I was not expecting this type of response at all. It threw me for a loop. I mean, I I thought the album was good. I thought it was better just overall than my first one. I thought I showed improvement and growth, which was really only, those are my main goals, but I yeah, I, it makes me extremely excited that people like my music because it's instrumental for one. I yeah. mean, which is already a hurdle. Right. Um, it's guitar centric, which a lot of people don't really know that instrumental guitar is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's a lot different than what you hear on the radio typically, which you know. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's. No, it's I'm it's, really happy people are resonating with it. It's got plenty of things that would ordinarily maybe you know relegate it to the. Oh my God, have you heard her? It's a great album, and the other person saying, "No, who's that?" Pile exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's amazing to see it. You know, uh, you know, kind of blowing up that way. Yeah, it's it's. I still can't really believe. Like it's wild to me. <laughs> it's definitely wild. What's anything in the works or is basically now you're just going to go on the road for a while? Now so going on the road, um, there is one thing in the work that in the works that I'm super, super excited about. I'm scoring a film. Not sure how much I can say about it. Um, I'll just say that it's a documentary. It's really cool. And I'm really excited. Congratulations. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I've wanted to do that for a long time. So. Yeah, that's 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 a really that's a really cool project, and the fact that you're not allowed to talk about it means means it's probably like a, a good. A good <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, like I'm not really sure. Like it hasn't been announced announced yet, but right, I, it's we, fine. We won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. They're fine. It's fine. They're whatever. No, that's great. Will that unfold at the same time you're on tour this fall, or is it like 2020? That's that'll be next year. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I'm also excited for the tour. Um, it's going to be pretty long, but it's, mm-hmm. got, it's nice. I saw you doing some dates with Tommy Emmanuel. Hard, yeah, hard to get better him than that. and Watch House and Indigo Girls. Yeah, really cool. I was wondering, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the the collaboration with with Taryn Wood was was uh, such a, a, a great uh, great recording. Do do you have uh, plans for doing more collaborative work with other musicians on on oh, uh, yes. the next project? 
Yes, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Mainly because like... Please be definitive. Just just working with Taryn and Amadou, who was on uh, the track Urban Driftwood, was just such a rewarding experience. Because a lot of the stuff, or basically everything I do myself, um, which is also rewarding, but in a different way. Uh, I've definitely grown to like collaborating now. Um, and just playing playing more shows and more festivals and, peop- and opening for people and playing with different people now has kind of opened my eyes. And um, yeah, I'm definitely having people on my next album. <laughs> like, hopefully not too many, but <laughs> I definitely have a list of people. <laughs> yeah, and are you writing great. for that album yet? I am. Mm-hmm. I have maybe 11 like rough demos oh wow of different tracks yeah it's kind of a yeah i don't know i don't i'm still in the early planning stages but i'm i'm pretty excited with where it's going yeah the mid the midi glove's not in there yet you know y'all are really honestly (laughs) just give it up with the mini glove god honestly like (laughs) 2022 2022, <laughs> I got you. The year of the midi glove. <laughs> the year of the midi glove. As it the will, return as of it the will come glove. to be known. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so funny. I haven't really. I almost forgot that I even did that. But in college, I would like use it to play um, rap songs because, like, I had a, a really cool 808 sample. On my <laughs> so I'd always play like Fetty Wap or whatever at my shows, and people would be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bring that back. Yeah, I mean, that might take the whole thing to just, you know, you thought this album was well received. Right. <laughs> Come on, you're not ready. You're not ready for this next up. But I don't know. I y'all are kind of convincing me now. I kind of needed this push. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> Ten years from now it'll be the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, a concerto for MIDI Glove and Orchestra. <laughs> and like, you know, those guys, those guys are really on to something. <laughs> well it's been such such a pleasure to talk to yasmin thank you very much for putting up with us oh Uh, please this was fun and uh i'm i'm really happy that after winning both rock band and guitar hero you've now you're you're on the cusp of winning the actual acoustic guitar as well Thank you for listening. Craft Brewed Music, both the podcast and the music discovery app, has the mission of promoting this music and these artists. We can't do that without ears on the music. So if you like what you've heard here, we're going to ask you two small favors. First, tell someone about the podcast. Second, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Craft Brewed Music app, and try a free two-week trial of the curated streaming service. For more information, visit us at craftbrewedmusic.com. Thanks again, and see you next time.